Welcome to this podcast installment from the Women's Council of Realtors, Leaders Made Here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Leaders Made Here podcast. I'm Sylvia Seabolt, and I have the pleasure of interviewing Holly Woodward today. Holly, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, thank you so much for having me, Sylvia. I am Holly Woodward, and I am a 21-year realtor from the great state of Oklahoma. I have the privilege of being the immediate past president for the Greater Tulsa Association of Realtors, and I'm really looking forward to uh, your installation in San Diego and my installation in San Diego, you as WCR president for 2022, and me as the president for the Residential Real Estate Council. We're going to have a great year. Absolutely. We are so looking forward to that. And I know you didn't get to be president of Pulsa Association or um, RRC without having some volunteer leadership experience. And we would like to get in behind the scenes, behind the curtains on that and tell us about how you got started in like leadership in the real estate community. What was your first experience? I'll be completely candid. I actually, the the very first leadership experience I had was given to me by the team that I worked for. You know, I started out as an assistant 21 years ago and they, it was a leadership role, unlike, you know, anything with a title. Well, I guess it was, I was assistant, right? And that was a, that was a pretty big deal. But I, I watched Jan, um, who was my, like, realtor in charge of the team type thing, the team leader. And she kept giving me roles, giving me roles outside of assistant. And then she helped me, you know, she fostered me into getting my real estate license. And then I watched her and and her success. And I saw that she was involved in like Star Power and Howard Brinton and CRS. And I started kind of, you know, sitting back and watching the things she was doing. And I was asking her a lot of questions. So I think my very first leadership role was like asking a ton of questions. And then I actually got involved in CRS as a result of now RRC, Residential Real Estate Council. But um, Michelle Epps, who lives in Ohio now, who was a dear friend, tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, I think you would be great at being like the hospitality chair for the local CRS. And I was like, well, I don't know about that. I'm not a big, not a big entertainer. You know, I'll do whatever I'm asked, that type of thing. But anyway, so she had asked me if I would get involved on at that level. And so I decided that I would against my, my better judgment journey and leadership, right? Because we're wives, we're moms, uh, we're single adult women, we're, you know, whatever, whatever our course may be. Mine was actually when we moved up here, 21 years ago to Oklahoma, and I got involved, you know, I, as an assistant to a team, I had two young children, I had two small boys. So one was seven and one was four. And uh, I, I had the pleasure of, you know, being able to drop them both off at school. And then I would go work from nine to two as an assistant. And then I would go pick them up after. And Jan, the team lead of the team that I was working for, kept giving me more responsibilities and giving me some opportunities to do things that I might not have been able to do. And so I sat back and I I watched to see what her skill set was, because I'm thinking, oh, I could never be like Jan, or I could never accomplish what she's accomplished. She was a top realtor in the area. And um, so I had a little bit of a Uh, self-doubt. And I think so many of us do, right? Uh, When we start our real estate careers, especially as moms. And, um, you know, I I wanted to take it serious, but it was was part-time in the beginning. And so 
she would just encourage me to do things and she would give me opportunities and she would have me schedule things and do different things and be involved in events that they were involved in. And that's actually where I met uh, Michelle Epps, who later became a very good friend who, and who was also involved in CRS. And she was in a leadership chain at CRS. And she asked me if I would maybe step into the hospitality chair role uh, for our local chapter our Oklahoma state chapter. And I, I was hesitant at first because you don't want to take on too many things, right? we've got with husbands, kids, life, just taken on too many uh, additional opportunities. But I will tell you what, Michelle asking me to be hospitality chair and then asking me to pray publicly um, at a CRS event, which is just crazy. I pray every day, multiple times a day. That's, that's just a given. But for her to ask me to get up and pray in front of a group of people before a class started, I was kind of freaking out. But it literally changed the trajectory of my life and my career. Because then I started to see things. I started to see opportunities and, and you know, some people and, and like the way that I saw them doing their business and I was respecting the way they were handling themselves and the professionalism that they showed. Um, it really just, it changed my, my course of thinking. And so for that, I'll forever be grateful. And, and I maybe didn't see it in myself. So what I'd say to that is, you know, my leadership journey began with an ask. It became with a tap, you know, as a part of that team, as an administrative assistant who was scheduling showings and inspections and all that stuff. And somebody had even more belief in me than I had in myself. Um, and then Michelle, you know, stepping into the picture and asking me to be involved again. So the, the task is in the ask for everything, right? If somebody taps, if somebody asks, we don't always see potential in ourselves that other people do. And so that's really how my leadership journey started was, you know, people that believed in me more than I believed in myself which was pretty crazy. And I hear that story over and over. And it's the coolest thing because now like I'm a broker of 41 associates and I love when somebody comes in here and says, I want to get my real estate license. And, and you can just see the potential that they don't have any idea that they've got. They might think they do, but boy, you know, a lot of, a lot of that, um, skepticism in yourself. Like I say, they don't believe in themselves, but boy, I'm, I'm that type of leader, just like you, that because so many people believed in me, boy, I am going to believe and pour into people and believe in them so much more than they may ever believe in themselves. So that's how I started my leadership journey. But then of course, getting involved in committees, because I honestly believe you have got to be invested and committed in this industry. And um, if you want to make a difference, I mean, we all make a difference. We're changing lives when we're helping people, you know, buy and sell or work with their largest financial instrument. There's that. And that's huge. But it's the behind the scenes, um, the committee work that a lot of people don't understand how crucial it is for this industry. Um, but that was it. That was so important to me. And so I did that early on. I got involved in committees at the local association also. Um and worked my way up, obviously, through the, the leadership chain. And then I was actually the president in 2020, which was COVID. And that in and of itself was just a whole different ballgame. But that's it. So people, people tapping, people asking, and me getting really uncomfortable and just stepping outside of that uncomfortable zone and moving into, into some leadership roles.
I think it's great information. People are listening from all different realms of life, especially young mothers and young single mothers and things of that nature that are maybe afraid to take that step into leadership. Let's go back for a minute. That moment that Michelle asked you to get involved Mm -hmm. and you're thinking to yourself, I can't do this. What in you made you either step forward or what did she say? How did she encourage you to step forward when you were, you had that self-doubt because that self-doubt is the same thing that every other human has out there, but what made that turning point for you that you said, okay, well, I'll, I'll be candid. I respected her, but I didn't say yes. Initially, like she, she reached out and I was like, oh my gosh. And then I, I went home and I was a nervous wreck. And, and the, she just said, Hey, I think you would be perfect as hospitality chair. We need a hospitality chair. You need to get more involved. And, um, I said, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a good fit for me. I don't know. I just went back and forth, but I do know, um, her persistence and her, you know, she called me and she said, I just want to talk to you because she had questioned me at the office to begin with, you know, in front of a couple of people. And I was like, so I kind of felt a little bit of pressure, but uneasy. And, and then again, it was crazy, the self-doubt, you know, it really is how it starts seeping in. Like, I don't know what that entails. And, and she's like, it's really not that big a deal. And kind of, so then that night when she reached back out, she said, okay, whether you say yes, or whether you say no, here's what the role entails, but here's the opportunities you know, for you, you're going to meet more people. You're going to network with people all over the state. You know, it started, started really giving me some additional details of like why it would be beneficial. And she said, and if you absolutely hate it, you don't have to continue. Right. And so she's always called herself my real estate mom, uh, which is funny because she is old enough to be my mom. She's going to kill me if she hears this, but, um, but I just, because she, she was really the first person that asked me, you know, to do something like that. And it seemed like it was on a really big scale, even though it was still local or state, you know, that type of thing. Um, and it was just that encouraging and saying, you know, I believe in you. You don't believe in yourself, but I believe in you. And I'm going to do everything I can to help you be successful. And I think that was the key because I thought, you know, I can't fail. I'm going to try. I'm going to do my very best. And that's all we can do. So I think that was that was, well, I know that was it because it wasn't the very first time she asked and it was the second time. And, and what did we hear? Like, you know, seven no's equal a yes or, you know, it takes seven no's to get to a yes, but it didn't. It just, it really had her kind of wrapping her arms around me and um, telling me that she personally believed in me and she supported me. So that was huge. I think we all have our own personal stories like Michelle whoever reached out to us and kind of mommed us along the way, or actually it may be several people, but can you give us an example of how you helped another realtor see their potential? Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, I'd like to think there were multiple times, but you know, there's, there's been a couple of realtors that just, it's, it's so exciting for me to have seen what they're accomplishing and what they're doing and uh, you know, coming in single mom, young daughter, husband passed of cancer several years ago saying, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can do this, but I want to do this. You know, I think I want to try. And then to see her work nine transactions last month and have such extreme success and things just starting to fall into place. 
And that's what the coaching and the mentoring and the picking up the phone when somebody needs something. That's the thing. If you ask someone to do something and you ask them to get involved and then you're dead silent, you've failed. You failed them. So when she'll FaceTime me or when she'll pick up the phone and call or send me a text and just tell me about a great day she's having or whatever, she's, she's leading in her own world. She's not in a, a role yet. And that's what I'm encouraging her to do, you know, get involved in committee work and everything. But, but her role is mom and realtor and just amazing associate. So that's, that's one of many, but you know, I, I, also, just like you, you know, when you're in the leadership path that you're on, like when you're in the state level and everything, and you're replacing yourself, right? Because we're constantly replacing ourselves. And that's so much fun to me because Cindy Rogers out of uh, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, followed me as president of CRS. And, and we had more than one conversation also. I was like, I think you need to do this. I think you need to do this. And she was like, oh, I don't know. I don't have the time. I don't have this. I don't have this. She had all those excuses. But, you know, we met a couple times and well, actually multiple times and have become extremely dear friends. But again, it's that it's like, hey, I believe in you tapping her on the shoulder, saying, I see your potential. And she was an amazing realtor. You know, you say that you want somebody to do better than you did. And she did. She left the state. I I felt really good about, you know, leaving the role um, the way that I did. But boy, when she left it, the energy and everything for the state was just fantastic. And so I'm, I'm especially proud that she took that role and she owned it and did just a fantastic job. So. Isn't it amazing when you get to this point, you kind of just reflect on your journey and all those people that have been involved, whether um, you have helped them or they they've helped you because let's be honest, you helping mentor someone is just a much part of your story as it is their story. And it's just, it's kind of sweet that it's kind of the ripple effect that just fills the whole leadership pool of all these different stories that are intertwined. And we know that you couldn't do all this without getting referrals in your business. And I mean, that's about probably the reason that you volunteer is for the referrals, but the referrals do come. And how has your referral network of being involved in leadership affected your bottom line? Well, I'll, I'll be candid. You know, my husband used to wonder why I poured and poured and poured so much time into local state Uh, national programs, right? Why I was so involved in leadership. And I will tell you, during 2020 alone, we worked 13 different transactions from different states across the United States. And I would say, hey, this is from a WCR realtor. This is from a YPN realtor. This is from a CRS realtor. This is from an NAR director that I met at this conference. And I was showing him and, and honestly, you know, such a tremendous impact. And those are just the ones that I had coming in, but then the opportunity I had to refer out. And when you have complete and total peace of mind, and when somebody picks up that phone and calls you and says, Hey, I've got somebody moving to Tulsa or moving to broken, you know, whatever the case may be, Northeast Oklahoma. And would you help? What an honor. And how humbling is that? And it's from going to these conferences, as you know, not just sitting in the classes because we're all, you know, uh, real estate nerds, like soaking it all in, but it's the dinners and it's the socialization afterward and the networking where you have complete, like I say, complete peace of mind when you send somebody that they're going to be treated like you would treat them yourself. 
And when they're calling you, you know, they can have that complete peace of mind that you're going to treat their people like family also and make them look good. It's been paramount, the the referrals. And I'll, I'll even say, you know, my son is my business partner and he's 28 and been very involved in YPN. And the same thing with him in his leadership journey, the referrals that he's received and their quality referrals, you know, and 99% of the time they, they transfer or they move into a, a buyer or seller position. So I don't know, you're right. The referrals are certainly not everything, but there is something about picking up that phone and having a voice on the other end from another state go, Hey, I've got some people headed your way. Would you be available to help them? It's like, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. That feeling that it's like a rush. It's like, thank you. You chose me. (laughs) Right. So yeah. Yeah. I, as far as my bottom line, I would say, you know, did well over six figures last year. And it was certainly as the result of a tremendous amount. Well, as a result of RPAC, but also as a result of, of referrals from all over the United States. And, and a large portion of our business is um, personal referrals from clients that we've worked with in the past. But yeah, within state, getting referrals and out of state, huge, huge game changer. Well, I'm not going to let you drop that RPAC word and not talk more on it. Um, and I know what you can say is limited, but um, 13 referrals, inbound referrals during a pandemic, that's more than one a month. And that's amazing and a testament to getting involved. And I'm glad your husband no longer questions you on your involvement <laughs> for that. But what do you want to, you dropped RPAC. Um, Women's Council is a huge supporter of RPAC. So anything you want to say, you want to spell out what RPAC is, say anything? Well, I have the privilege of serving as the NAR, the National Association of Realtor Realtor Participation Council Chair this year. And so RPAC is the Realtors Political Action Committee. We raise funds that a lot of, of in-the-know realtors understand are extremely necessary to foster relationships with congressmen and women that are voting on bills and legislation that affect homeowners and private property owner rights. So we have the opportunity to invest and have these relationships. That's, I think the whole, the crux of this entire conversation comes and wraps itself around relationships, how incredibly crucial they are and our relationships with these men and women that are voting on legislation that affects our industry is crucial. It's absolutely crucial. It's the reason that not only did I receive 13 inbound referrals, but that I was actually able to take those people out and find them homes when the country was shut down. And I know that wasn't the case with every single state, but because of the relationships that we have, that our lobbyists have with those uh, men and women, we were able to open up some of our states or keep ourselves deemed essential as real estate professionals. And so we absolutely led the country in its economic recovery last year. And we continue to do so at the local state and national level, even with what everyone is saying, you know, limited inventory across and these multiple offer situations, we are still able to work. We are able to to keep the ball rolling as a result of those investments in RPAC and those relationships that we've fostered. So yeah, I'm a little bit passionate about it. After last year specifically, 
I don't understand how anybody could not want to be invested in it for our industry, but I also respect respect people on either side. So Realtors Political Action Committee, if somebody's not familiar with it, I'd love to love to talk to them about it. And I know you certainly can too, because you're right. Women's Council is a huge supporter. And I know that, you know, the Residential Real Estate Council is as well. So very proud of that. Um, I'm a, I actually will be inducted in the Hall of Fame after last year. And there's an amazing class of that. So that's just a whole different thing. But yeah, very, very proud. And it's a non-negotiable for me to be an investor in RPAC. And I know I'll see you next well, what, three weeks from now? Yes. In yes. Mark Island. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, so I, I'm so glad you actually dropped our pack in, in a comment so that you could talk about it. I think all of us learned, um, you know, through the years, there's been different issues that we've all learned that, okay, our pack is essential. But when COVID shut down the country and my own personal um, area, Yes. someone, I'm not going to throw any names into the bus, deemed that we were not essential. Housing was not essential. And it was only because of our pack that we were able to get back to work. Um, so, and I know that that's not exclusive to my area. It happened all over the country and you're right. It's all about relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, not only, you know, politically, but the relationships we have to get those referrals you talked about the relationships of mentoring or um, being a mentee. It's all about relationships. And I'm so glad that um, I have a counterpart that we have a great relationship with in our two organizations together. Let's talk a little bit about real estate for a second. What's your, the best piece of real estate advice you've ever been given? The best piece of real estate advice. Never stop learning, right? Education is crucial because this market is ever-changing. This industry is ever-changing. I learned that 21 years ago as an assistant that you will never know it all and that you should never be afraid to ask questions. And I, I see that I will hear, you know, people in conversation and I'm like, yeah, she's, she, or he or she, you know, doesn't necessarily know and they should, you know, get more information on that because, um, but that's it. It's, it's education. And I think both of our, you know, the women's council and the residential real estate council focus on that, like that you can never stop learning. Um, what would you say? Like, again, in 21 years, people are saying, has this, have you ever seen anything like this, this market? And uh, you have to go, no, but guess what? If I wasn't involved, if I, if I wasn't on the cutting edge, with education, if I, if I didn't, you know, if I wasn't involved on the standard forms committee, as it's been changed so many times over the years, I may not be representing my client's best interest, right? I may not have all the details. I may not know all the ins and outs if I'm not going for that educational training. So that's it. Never stop learning. This industry is always evolving. And, oh, and also, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. And I learned that early on. Even I, I remember seeing that on Facebook not too terribly long ago. Well, it's been over the years, but I'm like, gosh, I heard that a long time ago. And it's like, if you have this positive energy and you surround yourself with more positive people and want to grow and want to keep learning and, and you know, those people that are around you that you feel safe with, like you say, that you can reach out and ask a question to, there's no dumb questions. That's, that's so huge. Uh, that you have to be able to do that, certainly in this industry. And you also have to have somebody that you can call and just have a complete meltdown, you know, if you need to, because this industry will 
is like a roller coaster. And anybody listening, if they're saying that that's not the case, I don't believe it. My husband will say, I'm sitting here and I could be just crushed about something, you know, for one of my clients and offer didn't get accepted and, and feel like emotional. And then the phone rings, it's like, hi, how are you? This is Holly. You know, where you just like, you have to flip that switch and we are flipping switches all day long. So you have to surround yourself with people that get you, that trust you, that respect you, that you trust and respect and always spend time with people that you feel are a level up or that you aspire to be constantly, constantly, you know, looking up to people uh, that make you a better person. So. Okay. And a little fun question. What's your favorite real estate technology? my favorite real estate technology. You know what I have, I know a lot of people haven't in, embraced like RPR. Well, there have been a lot that have, there have been a lot that haven't, but I use it all the time. I have really enjoyed RPR just because it's so simple to use. You know, mm-hmm. it really is. And I like that the National Association has put it out there for us. I know that we've had changes and everything in it, but I've got investors. And if somebody wants to look at a property um, and find out what their ROI would be on it and that type of thing, I just plug it in, boop, boop, boop. And within like three minutes, I can send them something from an app on the side of the, you know, like I can pull off and go, here's a picture of the property and boom, 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 get that information and send off. So that's one of my favorite like go-to tools for my clients and uh, certainly my investors from out of state. So that's awesome. And it's definitely making your business more efficient because you're able to do that on the run on your, your little um, fake laptop. That's a cell phone. I think think it's used for making calls, but I think we use it for everything else under the sun than making calls. Uh, I call it parking lot power, right? I'm in a parking lot and I've got the power to do something or I'm off the side of the road, PLP, parking lot power, boom, 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 boom. Here you go. And then it looks like you've put together this, you know, 30 minute report, but it's got all that information in there, which is awesome. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I know that I could talk to you all day, but we don't have all day. Is there anything like any parting thoughts you want to leave us with? Um, Anything we didn't talk about? As far as anything we didn't talk about, I'm, I'm not sure. I do. I think we covered quite a bit. I just, what I do want to say is that there is a future for everyone in this industry. There really is. Like if you are listening to this podcast right now and you're discouraged in this market, don't be. If you need somebody, I I will tell you, we lost one of the top realtors in our area last year that because he was so depressed and didn't feel worthy. I mean, and we're talking about a top realtor that everybody loved, that everybody admired, that everybody respected and his loss because he took his own life because he felt so alone uh, during COVID and he was scared to go out. What I would say is you're never alone in this business. You are never alone. There is always someone and there are, and, and you're going to find, you know, you, you, but you've got to reach out. I mean, heck, I'd give you my phone number, 918-381-7070. And I mean it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you could call me. Uh, and I know Sylvia, the same, the same for you. It really is. It, it can be one of the most exhausting industries ever, but it can be one of, mo- one of the most exhilarating also. If you're in a really exhausting time, there are people that truly, truly care about you. You are important. You are changing lives. 
and you matter. And so I just want to make sure that, like I say, don't let this period get you down because we are, we're hearing so many people talk about, I'm doing so great. I had the best year of my career. Oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I can't stop. But there are also people like that saying, we were all in the same storm and we are right now with this market, right? But we're not all in the same boat. There are some people that are in yachts. There are some people that are in, you know, bass boats. There are some people that are in dinghies. And there are some people that are just plain feeling like they're drowning right now. But you are not alone. So make sure you understand that. And make sure you're that person checking in on somebody else. If you haven't heard from somebody in a while that used to be at the office, I mean, because so many of us are working from home now, you know, and don't see everybody, make sure you're checking in on people make sure you're making those touches. And so, you know, I didn't want to, I, I'm not trying to take this to a negative place, but this is a real place. And this is the world we're living in right now. And, you know, wrap yourself around people that might be going through some troubling times. That's what I would leave it on. I just thank you so, so much for the opportunity to talk to you. I cannot wait to collaborate with you as presidents next year and just period because we've, we're already available, right? And you don't have to have a title or a role or anything to change this industry or make a difference in this industry, but how much fun is it to be able to collaborate and, and work together at every single at every single step in the process? That's my food alarm. So I'll take it there too. Because that's I've I've had to set food alarms in this in this business so that I remember to, to eat five times a day instead of just devouring stuff from seven to midnight when we're at home working on stuff. So I I apologize for the alarm interruption, but thank you so much uh, for having me today. I sincerely appreciate it. Can't wait to work with you next year. Oh, and I did if I can. We also have celebration reconnect coming up, and I would love to have anybody from WCR. Uh, come attend. We're going to be in Lake Tahoe, August 17th and 18th. There's still rooms available and, and we'd love to see you guys there. So it's thank you, Holly. And we appreciate all that you do. And, and that important reminder that self-care is important. So taking a time out when you need it, calling your friends, doing all of that good stuff. We appreciate that so much. And thank you for a wonderful interview. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to this podcast installment from the Women's Council of Realtors, Leaders Made Here.